and friends. Of course, I go by the name of the kid, famous. You and now tuned into the Tim and Friends show. Hello, education, entertainment, coast to coast. Ball it up, call it entertainment. Let's get this started. Uncle Tim, let's start this show with five, four, three, two, one. Let's go. Tim and Friends, Tim McAllivan, once again, Jesse Rubinoff, back from gallivanting. How was the bachelor party? How was... Yeah, I feel like every time I'm Dominican off. Republic. Yeah, every time I off, I feel, I'm off. I feel like it's because of a bachelor party. <laughs> I think I'm like some. One crazy, of them was yeah. your own, though, was it yeah, not? This yeah. was my brother's yeah, too. You're so allowed it just, to have your own. Right. It just yeah. happens that it coincides. This within, was Spencer's. This was Spencer's. Nice. Shout out Spencer. Shout How'd out go? Spencer. Uh, it was. It was awesome. Was it Coco Bongos? Co I think you dropped the S. <laughs> I think it's just the Coco Bongo, unless yeah. you're, you know, plural. Uh, Coco Bongos. Have you ever been? No, actually, I, I, that's a lie. I've been in Cancun. That's there's, the OG, though. There's that's a, a there's yeah. a Coco Bongo. Yeah, that's what it is. Right. But if something is Coco Bongos, yes, you nailed it. I don't know. No, that's right. Just, like, just like an like an English professor. How was it? Incredible. It's like a professional party there. Like they, they they just do not mess around. <laughs> you mean Punta Cana or Coco Bongos? Well, Coco Bongos specifically, but Punta Cana also. Like that's, Should we explain know. what Coco Bongos is, other than a funny thing to say? Uh, what it, it's a nightclub, but also simultaneously has um, like a show. There's acrobats at times and very Vegas. Michael Jackson, yes, Michael Jackson impersonator. Mm -hmm. uh, they have the mask characters Does running not around. Feel like every resort on planet Earth though has a Michael Jackson impersonator. See, yes, you, <laughs> it does. But this is like they they have nailed it. They right. have whatever operation they have going that they have nailed it to a T. Yeah, okay. That's now, why it's packed every night. I have one question. For yeah, sure. You were posting pictures on social media from a bachelor party. Oh, goodness. Cut or uncut? Well, it depends. It depends what, well, I think it depends what you post, but I do see your point. Just, I mean. You got to be, I mean, you got, yeah. You posted golf courses. Right, which is not, I mean, could have been anywhere in the world. Could have been anywhere in the world. Right. Chose to be here with us. No, there you go. Nothing wrong with that. Coco Bongos. Coco Bongo is, is a bit of a stretch. I think that's probably <laughs> straddling the line. Yeah, were there people in the right, back of the party Diggs, what I'm saying. that maybe shouldn't have had that posted on social media? And I, I don't know the answer to this. I'm not, I am not in any way insinuating that it is cut. I'm yeah. asking. I'm a, literally I mean, it's an asking. It's an excellent question. I did not clear my post with the 14 other people that were on the trip. <laughs> so I guess if they but had a problem the with it, now days. they're going to tell me. That's your generation. Right. You guys just throw stuff up. And I'm just wondering, oh. like, in my day, in my back in my day, yeah. if you posted something from a bachelor party, I mean, there would yeah. have been like there would have been some significant ramifications. And yours that. was in Vegas too, so you know my my bachelor. Your party, bachelor yeah. party was yeah. was in mine Vegas. in uh, Moose Acapintis. My <laughs> right. body Moose. You know, you know what's crazy uh, too? Acapinti. Last point about the Dominican Republic. My they, best man and I got married at the same yeah. year, so we had our bachelor. I can only imagine together. how many people were on it. Good times. Uh, producer Jay Sands was there. I, I'm gonna guess like 25. That's just, yeah, that's just insane. In Vegas, it was uh, it was good times. Uh, Coco Bongo and the golf course both used my uh, my story, so I felt like a million bucks after that. It's rare. So did you get anything out of it? No, oh, just extra I'm, views. You know, that's what's up. Just <laughs> bring the average up. I, I, yeah. I hear you. <laughs> I hear you. That's, that right there, my friends, is our digital producer. <laughs> Jesse Rubinoff. We'll see if Jesse handles his celebration as well as the Jays did. That's right, kids. Fresh off a clinch party and a sweep. Jays back in action tonight, or so we think. 
Final series of the regular season is in Baltimore. Weather pending, Arden Zwelling will join us from Camden Yards. Jamie Campbell and Joe Siddle will get a set for Jamie Campbell and Joe Siddle on Blue Chase Central. Got a good and since you understood magic number for home field in the wild card round, Jesse. Set at two going into tonight. Mariners are at home to the Tigers. Mm -hmm. Rays are in Boston. Former NFL MVP Rich Gannon dropping by to discuss another Coco Bongos weekend <laughs> in nice. the National Football League. Uh, Giants and Cowboys are three and one. Bucks are two and two. Geno Smith apparently is better than Russell Wilson. The Jags might be good. The Commanders aren't. Man, trying to be an expert on all this is more awkward than more awkward than listening to someone play trombone champ from the other room. Video game. This is a video game. <laughs> yeah, that does sound like it sounds like Coco Bongo. Great part. That might be the day after Coco Bongo. <laughs> Wait, how do you play it? You know the mechanism behind it? This is what the world's becoming. It's a video game. Look, the guy's at 245,000 points. He's probably wearing a headset too. You know that, right? This is the. This is where we're going. This is the where the world is going. Can you imagine being in the other room while this is being played? No, but you know we're going to be doing our show with like headsets on. You'll be at home. I'll be at home, and we'll just have Oculus or whatever. This is ridiculous. I'm not gonna lie, it got better as we went along. Perfecto, nice, yeah. nice. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Top end. <laughs> you gotta do chickens before they hatch, Jesse. Uh, I don't know about any of this, but I'm getting trombone champ. Okay. Right. Uh, we'll also preview. Uh, have previews, or we'll start our previews in English. We'll start our. I sorry, I was thrown off by trombone champ. <laughs> Understandable. We will start our previews of all seven Canadian teams in the National Hockey League in Vancouver, where obviously they have somehow pissed off the hockey gods. Sam Cosentino will help us get through that and get you set for the Oilers and Canucks tonight on Sportsnet 1 as well as the Leafs and Habs. Add the plays of the week, and I hope we have a Monday show chock full of edutainment for you, our very loving viewers. It all starts with Jesse Rubinoff, and first things first. You hung over at all? No. Good. No. So let's start the fight, Reggie White. First things first. Wouldn't tell you if I was. <laughs> very good answer to that. The Toronto Blue Jays begin their final series of the true. season tonight in Baltimore. They officially clinched a playoff spot in their off day Thursday and celebrated in the clubhouse following Friday's win over the Boston Red Sox. So what are you looking forward to over these final three games? Just three games. That's it. When did the light land? Uh, 11.30. Uh, 10.45. Last night. I don't know why I went to 11.30. 10.45 last night. So it boarded when? When was it supposed to board? Supposed to board 5.30, got pushed back to 6.15. So you sat in the airport for how long? You kicked in out of your Canada, room. but it's nice there. They have Wendy's and a Taco Bell, so it's all good. <laughs> <laughs> Why do I love that so much? <laughs> but it's nice there. They got a Wendy's yeah. and a Taco Bell. Underrated airport. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> I've been there a couple of times. I actually uh, thoroughly enjoyed it. Yeah. Yeah. It is good. Yeah. Football games were on too. It was nice. Oh, yeah. So you guys just sat there and watched football yeah. games. You know what? Yeah. Okay. I know we got to get to it, but you yeah, know what's yeah. a crazy innovation? Wi Fi on planes and TV in general on planes. I was so watching Red Zone yesterday. You were watching Red Zone on the flight. Yeah. Yeah. What, what a wonderful world we live it's in. It's amazing. Yeah. For those people who are constantly complaining about how crappy the world is right yeah. now, you, you can watch. NFL red zone on a plane. 30,000 feet in the air, you're yeah, watching. You, you, yeah. need, you need to figure out your priorities. If you can watch NFL red zone on a plane via Wi-Fi, life is pretty damn good, Jesse yeah. Rubinoff. I mean, it's, they gouge you a little bit, but it is what it is. <laughs> <laughs> they got to do their business, too. I get it. All right. Uh, the producer just whispered in my ear, the Jays are flying high. Very he nice. Wants to talk about the Jays. Yeah, good yeah, segue. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So stay healthy. Get your home field advantage uh, in that order. I don't know if you can guarantee health, so go get your home field advantage. Like, am I missing anything here besides those two things? Like, home field advantage and staying healthy are the two. And listen, even if you go one and two, it looks like magic numbers down to two. Mm-hmm. Arden nice. Welling did this wonderful this chart has been for so us. Helpful. Oh, very, very. <laughs> Joe was talking about it in studio with yeah. me. This has been remarkably healthy, helpful. Uh, Arden Welling, congratulations on creating something that everyone needed. Uh, so even if they go one and two, it looks like they will probably get that home field advantage. Who they play, who knows? We can figure that out once you get there. I don't know if you rather Seattle and or Tampa, but both have been relatively inconsistent mm-hmm. in baseball. But I, I, I think those are the only two. Am I missing anything here? No. I mean, we asked the friends of the show. We can get to some of those answers. But I, I, don't, I don't think much can happen. They're riding very, very high right now. And the teams that they could potentially be playing are not. So this is you got to feel about as good as you possibly felt at any point of the regular season. Yeah, I mean maybe maybe Gurriel and Espinal, but that's encompassed in getting healthy, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like you want Lourdes Gurriel Jr.'s bat to be available for you. Mm -hmm. I think Espinal's lost his spot to our boy Whit Merrifield. Wally Pipped. Yeah. Like he's an an all-star at. I mean, listen, didn't exactly play to all-star levels. He's still a young guy. I'm not suggesting that he won't be the starting second baseman next year or beyond, but mm-hmm. Whit Merrifield for the playoffs is your starting second baseman, right? Yeah, because regular playing time. <laughs> regular we playing. called that last week. And <laughs> well, last we, week. We called it after we wondered if he would be part of the postseason <laughs> roster. and then, That happened really quickly. And then he yeah. got regular playing time, and this is what he's done in that regular playing time over the last 10 games. The slash, pretty ridiculous. The OPS, pretty nice. Uh, and the team's playing well with him in the lineup, so I mean, listen, I don't know what they're going to get in here in Baltimore, and it seems like a sticky situation given some of the weather updates we're getting out of Baltimore. Are are we, like, what do they do here with a final three-game series? Are we getting a doubleheader? Like, what's going on tonight? This is very interesting. So, uh, right now, I'm looking at the Weather Network, and uh, in Baltimore, Maryland, right now, uh, this afternoon, it is 11 degrees, rain in the afternoon, uh, 90% chance of rain. Uh, five millimeters about tonight, same thing, 80%, okay. five millimeters, not good. We go down to here, Tuesday, Wednesday, and this is just not good at all. Tuesday, light rain, 90% chance, oh, zero it. hours of sun. Check that millimeters, that's 15 millimeters of rain. So uh, I'm just going to cancel it. I am canceling the game for tomorrow already. And Wednesday. Hold on, hold on. What, what are we doing about tonight? Well, tonight's bad. I just showed you tonight. Tonight's not good. Tonight is 80%. Well, hold on. Let's go look at the Doppler radar. Let's do this, right? I know you are on weather, weathernetwork.com. Oh, oh look at this. Holy Your specialty. God. Your specialty. The Doppler radar suggests that this game might... I mean, they are going to try 
like hell to get this game in tonight. They will be sitting there. I feel bad for Jamie and Joe because they'll have to sit there as well. I feel bad for Buck and Pat who will mm -hmm. have to sit there as well. But oh, as we zoom in good. on that Dappler radar, it does not look good. It looks like plenty of rain oh off the goodness. coast coming into Baltimore, Delaware, Cape May, and Georgetown. Triple header Wednesday? I looked it up because I was curious when I saw the forecast. They wouldn't do that. The, there hasn't been one this century. There have been three in the history of Major League Baseball. If it meant something, they would do something on Thursday, Sorry. right? I misspoke. There hadn't been one since the 1800s. That's a century and a little. But they're not doing that. I don't care no, what no, the no, last no, one no. was. They're no, not no, playing no. a triple header. No. Brooklyn Bridegrooms. They would hope. Sorry? That was the team in the, the first. The one Brooklyn of the teams in the first triple. Yeah. Look nice. That yeah. 1870 or something like that. Nice. So they're not doing that. Yeah, they're not doing that. Um, one thing that I want to get to. The cause, I don't know, a minor stir. Jays are celebrating pretty good. And there were some people on oh, the timeline. Oh, it's Club line. Blue Jays. What are you talking about celebrating yeah. pretty good? I don't know. Better than Coco Bongo. Kinda, no, much It might have been no. Coco Bongos. I mean, there was a little. Yeah. 100%. <laughs> no Michael Jackson impersonators, but uh, John Schneider did his level best. Well, but the lights yeah. and the music and the. Dun, 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 dun. Sorry, they're probably not playing Vega Bus, but you know what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, I do. Yeah. It looked like a really good time. It did look like a really good time. But some people didn't like it. Goggles and all. Yeah. Uh, the people who don't like it. Now, I, I understand what they're trying to say. They're saying, well, this isn't the end goal. You haven't won a championship yet. But only since the beginning of time in baseball do you celebrate when you make it into the playoffs because the season is 162 games long. So that's why they do it in baseball. And uh, I'm not going to say most people are morons, but I understand what they're attempting to say here. They're attempting to say this isn't the end goal. You still have to win a couple rounds. I used to hate when they would do the one-game wild card and do it all over again. Yeah. So if you win two games, do the Jays do that all over again? I don't think to that extent, right? Maybe. I think, I think it'll be pretty damn close. So, you see, it's not just people on Twitter. There are uh, journalists also. Jays deserve to celebrate qualifying for the playoffs, but it might be a bit early. Oh, so you don't like the strobe light or champagne showers. Not a fan of Coco Bongo. No, I think, I think it's just people who saw it on TV and thought it was a little too much. By the way, Hazel May. Yeah. Consummate pro. Oh, unbelievable. So let us know if you think that I mean, I feel like it's as age-old as baseball. You, you have an opinion on this, too? I think it's fine. I, I've come up with a solution. You just you have a maximum number of champagne bottles, depending on which wildcard spot you <laughs> clinch. The third wildcard spot, max of three champagne bottles. And that's all you get. Yeah. The, the <laughs> only thing that people have a problem with is seeing it, which to me is kind of sort of stupid. Like, you would know that the Jays would be doing this if they if there were no cameras yeah if there were no cameras there was no video this is what i mean this one's a little bit different seattle hasn't made the playoffs in a long time mm -hmm. they ended the longest drought in all of professional sports uh north american professional sports by making the playoffs but they did it everyone did it like this isn't anything this isn't like where is everybody when everyone else does it unless you're just worried about the champagne you shouldn't have champagne unless you win a championship you shouldn't have strobe lights unless you win a championship. Yeah. Let us know at Tim and Friends if you think it's, any different. It's Give a good engager. Yeah. I just think it's as old as baseball. There's always going to be people also that disagree with this. Like, always. Right. Um, but within that celebration, 
you know, Zach Pop, Jordan Romano, first back-to-back Canadians to oh, go win safe. This is a big safe. Canadian weekend, by the way. And then the Nailers going back-to-back for Cleveland. I love it. Extraordinarily cool. First time ever that you got a Jays game won and saved by a Canadian, and then you got the Nailers going back-to-back in Cleveland. Josh hit a bomb, that too. That was awesome. And Bo, who was in the crowd behind us, uh, sorry, that was the third nailer. There's another nailer coming. I don't know mm-hmm. if you know this, but he's one of the top prospects going into college. I believe Texas Tech is where he is committed. Kind of like the Hughes uh, brothers. It's it's yeah, it's three of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's ridiculous. So uh, congratulations to the nailers. That's got to feel awesome. Shout out Mississauga. Shout out um, Saint Joan of Arc in Mississauga. Yes, um, gonna be a wild week of baseball. It's Noah just, was the third. Noah was the one no, sitting yeah. watching Josh. Just a wild week of baseball to look forward to. It comes at you uh, fast. Um, you know, there's no easy transition to this next story, for sure. Uh, more troubling news involving Hockey Canada no. today. The Globe and Mail reporting that the organization had a previously undisclosed second multi-million dollar fund used to cover sexual assault claims and other lawsuits. This after we learned months ago that player registration fees had been used to build a financial reserve known as the National Equity Fund, used for similar purposes. Hockey Canada officials, including the past chair of the board and the interim chair, will appear in front of the Heritage Committee tomorrow. Uh Uh-oh. What needs to happen here, Timmy? That's some pretty good timing. Yeah. I think maybe they knew about this story going into the weekend and perhaps waited the day before the hearings to release the Mm -hmm. story. I'm not a huge fan of the burn it all down theory. Mm. I am most always in favor of coming up with actual solutions because usually I find that the burning it all down satisfies the people who aren't actually invested in making what is burnt down just better, if that makes sense, Jesse. Does yes, that make sense? Yes. Yeah, right. yes. That said, burn it all down. I mean, how many chances can one organization have? It's not that I don't believe in hockey. I've played my whole life. So is Jesse, right? Both my kids have played. Jesse, there are great people littered throughout the game of hockey who have made mine and others better, mm-hmm. correct? Yes. All right. It's none of that. It's that there is a massive organization built on our kids' fees, federal funding, and even more in grants that is attempting to sweep things under the carpet even after they had already been caught doing something more stupid, actually more than stupid, downright despicable. Forget for a second that they used kids' fees, federal funds, and additional grants they get to hold a tournament like the World Juniors that they are already turning a massive profit on. Forget that they run a sport that has become elitist, played competitively by only what? Like the upper middle class, the rich, and the extremely talented that can afford it at that level because someone else is helping out. It costs too damn much at the highest levels. Forget all that if you can. Hockey Canada is using our money to pay off sexual assault claims against the very definition of that privilege that I'm talking about. Athletes that we don't even know because they have never actually been held to account for stuff people had trouble reading because of how depraved it is. It's disgusting on several levels. Hockey Canada's leadership under Scott Smith has said they can make it good. I'm sorry. I don't think they can say that anymore. 
held to account in questioning by our government in June. No mention of the first funds paid for by your fees if your kid plays hockey, doling out $7.6 million in settlements for sexual assault. And now we find out, now we find out that there is not just one, but two multi-million dollar funds paying out settlements. Like, either there is some Roger Clemens-like misremembering here, or you're just flat out lying. Add Hockey Canada and their survey that asked participants of a level of agreement on questions like the level of criticism by the media towards Hockey Canada is overblown. Incidents such as these are unlikely to happen again. The allegations are only about a few hockey players and not representative of the culture of hockey in this country. They asked people those questions hoping that they might be able to again slide it under the carpet. So if you thought Hoping these would go away was bad? How about paying for these things to go away? With our money and not even knowing what happened. Remember, Hockey Canada paid a settlement in a $3.5 million lawsuit filed by a woman who said she was sexually assaulted by several members of the 2018 World Junior Team. And they did so saying that they did not know the names of the players. We can't have this bleep. Simply put, we can't have this. That's the very definition of sweeping it under the carpet. It's the very type of cronyism that is running rampant in our society right now. And it's a complete failure of the type of transparency that is causing so much distrust in society in 2022. And all that happened under Scott Smith's watch. And while Hockey Canada is first, it should be a lesson to all national sport organizations to get your bleep in order, never mind our actual governments. We demand more, and if it starts with Hockey Canada, so be it, bleep's got to change. And I got a feeling, Jesse, it's going to starting mm -hmm. tomorrow when they face the government once again. Well, first of all, uh, very well said. I think you spoke there for a lot of people across the country. And the fact that this organization is still in this current iteration of itself, how it still exists, I think it's a mystery to everybody. I did want to give the benefit of the doubt, like mm -hmm. you've made mistakes, make it, make it good. But there's, like we've already no. seen, it's, yeah, no. no. Well put, no, yeah. no. It's just, no. Yeah. We'll have to keep an eye on, uh, the, on the next steps in the story. We will keep Tomorrow. tabs on it and keep you appraised of the situation. Tomorrow, we're gonna sure. get another, uh, another bunch of roles. We're gonna get a bunch of other clips. It's just brutal. Yeah, it's not it's just brutal. Uh, okay, let's go to football. And a follow-up on the Tua Tagovailoa story after that scary scene during Thursday night football. It was reported Saturday that the doctor who cleared Tua to return to last Sunday's game against the Bills had been fired. And the league and the Players Association released a joint statement that focused on the phrase, quote, gross motor instability, which is exactly what you and Nate, Tim, were talking about yeah. on Friday's show. The statement also said changes to the concussion protocol are anticipated in the coming days. Does this give them an out here? This is the exact same thing. Like, um, they're completely two different stories. And by the way, I remember when sports was fun. Um, they're, they're complete, <laughs> just two stories. Two completely yeah. different stories, but they're both attempting to do the same thing, yeah. which is, hey, look over here at the independent neurologist that cleared Tua to go back into the game. That alleviates us, the NFL, us, the NFLPA, and us, the Miami Dolphins. 
It's the exact, they're attempting to do the exact same thing, which is sweep it under the carpet and not admit that the game failed to a Tonga Vailoa. Now listen, I think the end results of what's going to happen here are going to be good, and you're not going to see this happen in the future because Tua, if he wants to, can sue the bleep out of the NFL, mm -hmm. the PA, the independent neurologist, and the team. I don't know if he wants to. He might just want to play football. He's still a young guy, and I hope he can still play football. But on Friday, I was pretty passionate in my uh, disgust mm -hmm. with what had happened to Tua. The game failed him. The league failed him. And his team failed him. And I hope that someone is held accountable besides just an, an independent neurologist that they can push to the side and say it was just his fault. Because there are a lot of people in all of those protocols that could have stood up and said he probably shouldn't be back in this. No. It was, yeah, it was extremely uh, gross watching that. And then even two weeks ago, can you pull 10 football fans that were watching to a stumble when he got up? I think 10 would say he's well, probably you, concussed. You and I sat in here and we were just like, come on, man, it's not a back injury. No, like, he didn't you know, grab his back. So tired of it all, right? Like yeah. we've seen this story 150 times. It, we... Most of us knew it wasn't his back. How did he get cleared to go back into that game? It can't just be one guy that held the keys to that mm -hmm. and holds the accountability for that. But they'll try and tell us that's exactly what it was because that's 2022. Look over here. Let's try and move on. Hope Look over healthy. here. Mm -hmm. Let's try and move on. Real guy in the middle of all of it? Nah, sorry. Yeah, it seems like a good guy, too. Hope he, he does, gets healthy. He does seem like yeah. a good guy from a good family. Yeah. yeah. That's it. All right. Uh, still to come. We're going to get into the on-the-field stuff from week number four. Our NFL MVP, Rich Gannon, is dropping by. Arden Swelling from Camden Yards. Camden Yards as the Jays look to clinch home field in the wild card round. Weather pending, of course. Plus, after the break, NHL season just around the corner. We start our Canadian team previews with the Canucks and Sam Cosentino. We'll do that next. Tim and friends on a Monday. The Blue Jays are dangerous. This is a special team, folks. You guys are incredible. All right, and enjoy the out of this tonight. And a 61-yard try to send it to overtime. play football at this level and toy with the guys on the other team. Your new leader. We got weights and shit. There we go. Oh, 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 Do you have anything to say, Jay? Tim and friends on Sportsnet, Sportsnet 360. Tim McAuliffe, Jesse Rubinoff here with you after Ruby's back from gallivanting. You like that word, I eh? Do love you it. used I it fell a bunch. In love with it. Yeah, yeah. Lashley, that's yeah. okay. I was gallivanting. <laughs> it was. Yeah. No, that is the definition, I yeah. believe. It's the way it goes. Gallivanting. Uh, NHL season starts with week this week with two games between the Sharks and the Preds in Prague. Now it gets going on this side of the pond next Tuesday. So leading up, we are going to preview each Canadian team, starting with the Vancouver Canucks, who are in preseason action against the Oilers later tonight over on Sportsnet 1. 
The next made a strong playoff uh, or a strong run at the playoffs after Bruce Boudreaux took over last season but fell just short. They're hoping for bigger things this season. Let's take a closer look with the help of Kevin Mickey. You know the old cliche. It's not how you start, but how you finish. Well, that wasn't entirely true last year for the Vancouver Canucks. There is a lot of frustration in Vancouver. Vancouver currently sitting last in the Pacific Division. Nightmare start for the Canucks. They did turn things around to finish with 74 points in 57 games under Bruce Boudreaux, but that early hole was just too big to dig out of. The results, another spring without playoff hockey on the West Coast. But unlike that regular season, this offseason, that started with some promise. Big news out of Vancouver is the Canucks have signed top European free agent on the market, Andre Kuzmenko. Ilya McCabe no longer a Leaf, he goes to Vancouver. Kuzmenko, he finished second in points in the KHL last year, and Mikheyev, he's coming off a career-best 21-goal season in Toronto as the Canucks. They added some much-needed depth up front. It was a nice start to the summer, which also finished on a high note. Out of nowhere Friday, the Vancouver Canucks announcing a seven-year, $56 million extension for forward JT Miller. After all that trade speculation, the front office decided to stick with Miller long-term. The vet, he joins the young core of Quinn Hughes, Elias Pettersson, Thatcher Demko, and Brock Besser, who are already locked into long deals. It's positive steps for this season and for the future. Not making the playoffs would be a big disaster for us, I think. Captain Bo Horvat is without a contract beyond this season. If the Canucks once again bury themselves early, could their captain be on the trading block before they finish the year? What the market is for Horvat, it's big, but if a team and a player want to make it work, there are ways to make it work. With nearly 70 million in salary already locked in for next season for just 14 players, Patrick Alvine will have to make some tough decisions to get his team under the cap. Decisions will get even tougher if we see another spring without playoff hockey in Vancouver. Or even a slow start. Thanks, Mickey. Good offseason, preseason, and... The Canucks training camp has been marred by injuries, most notably Brock Besser out for the first couple of weeks of the season with a hand injury. Ilya Mikheyev, the splash week to week, Travis Dermott day to day, but aren't we all as I introduce Sportsnet hockey analyst and draft pimp is goes by the name of Sam Cosentino who joins me. What's going on, Sammy? How are you, buddy? So nice to see you, gentlemen. I'm doing well, thanks. I'm getting pumped for the start of the season. Let's get it on already. Let's I go. know, I know. And we will because we'll get a little taste from Prague to start it all off. But let's let's focus in on Vancouver. Like, what did the Canucks do to the hockey gods, Sam? Yeah, it, it's, it's really unbelievable. You have all this great news, all this energy, excitement. The only guy we're really worried about is Horvat. And then your new signing and new acquisition end up going to the wayside with injuries. So I think on the positive part of things, there's a few guys maybe hanging around camp that are going to get looks in different positions. Kuzmetko being one of those guys who will be elevated into that top six role. And you hope that when Besser and McKay have come back, that he puts up a real good fight to stay there. And I think he has the capabilities to do that. So that's going to, I think, in the long term, increase your depth. But you look at it a little bit like the Boston Bruins. How are they going to survive with these injuries in the early part of the season? The one thing I'll say that's different for Boston than it is for Vancouver, I look at the division, the Pacific division, and I'm not 
overly excited about what it has to offer. I really like Edmonton. I really like Calgary. I'm not as sold on Vegas as everyone else might be. So I do think there's going to be some opportunities in the division. When you go into a season and you get the idea of playing for the playoffs, you have to think division first. Wild card shouldn't even be entering your mind. And I think the Vancouver Canucks are, are in a really good position to do that based on, you know, Demko on the back. Hughes is about to have a huge, I think, breakout season, the best of his career, and the depth that they now have up front. So it's going to be a fun fun team to watch. Their slow starts really cost them over the last couple of years, and it cost Travis Green his job. Now, obviously, they finished 32-15-10 under Bruce Boudreau. Do you know what actual team they are? Because for years, I've sat here and said, the talent to me suggests they're going to be a pretty good team, especially in that division, just like you, that I'm not overly impressed with. Uh, do you know what actual team we're going to see here? I think you're going to see a team that's going to start to play right off the hop like they did under Bruce Boudreau. Now, that was a, a pretty good honeymoon setup that he had. And at the time when he took over, there was really no hope for the Canucks at that point anyway. So to me, he was just playing with house money. Now it's where the chips are down, and now you're going to have to start off like that and work a little of that Bruce, there it is, magic at the start of the season to overcome uh, Besser and McKayev and potentially Dermott. Uh, and I think he has the, the ability to do that. And I think players really like playing for him. And so when you look at guys that you expect to make a little bit of a jump up or at least have an impact, I think about Curtis Lazar in the bottom of the lineup, Dickinson down there in the bottom of the lineup. I think Hoaglander's due for a rebound season. But how can you not like having Thatcher Demko in goal? I think it really starts there. A star in Hughes on defense. Then you got Patterson up front. You know, along with Miller, there's a lot of really good pieces here. So I think that's the team that people should be focused on, not the team that was playing, you know, with house money, not the team that was dealing with injuries and dealing with a lot of drama. I think this is the team now moving forward. You kind of know exactly what it is. Yeah, you're going to have to get through the first couple of weeks with some injuries. But at the end of the day, for the long term haul and the expectations for this team, they're darn right they should be thinking about the playoffs. What's your gut tell you on Bo Horvat? fascinating scenario it's going to be a really good trading piece if things happen to go sideways but for me i think he's the heart and soul of this team i think this is a guy that they have to get done i think they have to prioritize getting him signed because when i look at the player and i look at the person you can't think of someone else across the league that you'd want to have wearing your c representing your franchise and being that guy that oh my gosh ends up playing for one team his entire career i think bull horvat is that type of guy and so it would, it would suck if he would have to move on. It would suck if they were using him as a trade piece. But if that position came along for Jim Rutherford and Patrick Alvin, that meant that to the point that they were going to trade him, they obviously weren't having a good season. So I, I do think that there's going to be a lot that happens between now and even the, you know, when you look at that, that uh, Thanksgiving break that everyone talks about. For the Americans, we tend to know what teams are going to be at that point. I think the talk about Bo Horvat is going to heat up significantly around that time because we should have a pretty good indication of whether these Canucks are the make it or break the team. All right, so Canucks, Oilers tonight. You can see it on the Sportsnet family of channels. Uh, Calgary in that division, obviously uh, someone that will play a factor. And earlier today, Daryl Sutter on Jonathan Uberlo. He's probably the best passer this team has had maybe ever. Pretty crazy compliment there, eh? 
It is. And I got to tell you, on a lot of our shows last year in Hockey Central, I was touting this guy for, for MVP honors. Now, it's a difficult thing for a winger to win, but I think people now that kind of hidden in the southeast of Florida didn't really get to know what this guy is all about. He's not going to be phased by what the Canadian market has, to, by what a you know Calgary, the Canadian market has to offer him. So that's one thing that you can put aside. Uh, he's just a wonderful young man, a real good character guy. And his ability to make plays, it's like he's got that 360 camera where he can see everything around him. And he can see plays develop a lot uh, ahead of time uh, before they actually happen. So he's really an amazing young guy. And I'm really excited for fans, not just in Calgary, but across Canada, to get to see what he has to offer. And maybe some of that MVP talk will... Uh, will ignite once again. Two of the best passing wingers of a generation basically in Canada now with Mitch Marner and Jonathan Uberdo playing in Canada. So let me ask you one more. Leafs Habs going tonight. Are, are you concerned about the Toronto Maple Leafs and the injuries that they've suffered in training camp? A, a little bit, but probably for the cap situation, it's probably something that actually works <laughs> out pretty well for the for the Toronto Maple Leafs. And they have the depth to absorb, absorb injuries. I mean, that's what this team was built around. Those four core guys, the big contracts, but then surrounding it with some cheaper and talented depth. And I think Kyle Dubas has been able to do that. But really, it's laid out for Toronto. It is laid out right in front of them. This is what we have. This is what we're going to do. We've tried tweaking with it the last couple of years. Yeah, we got a nod in the, in the handshake line, whatever, last year. Everyone knows what it's all about. It's not about making the playoffs in Toronto. It's about winning a round. It's about winning two rounds. It's about trying to give a little bit of this maybe at the end of the year. And for Montreal, it's just fascinating what they've done there with Ken Hughes and Jeff Gordon taking over, how they've kind of retweaked and revamped everything. Marty St. Louis seems to have that hockey player whisperer mentality about him and uh, it's going to be fun to watch him work his magic for for a full year over there but I like where Montreal's at it's not a playoff team for me right now but Toronto it's not even the discussion about playoffs isn't even a thing it's beyond that okay so let's uh let's finish with one that we're talking about playoffs and listen uh talk about winning the offseason the Ottawa Senators may have done that now Cam Talbot announced today by the Senators he's out five to six weeks excuse me five to seven weeks with an upper body injury. What does this do to the Sens and what felt like a ton of momentum heading in? Yeah, no, no question. It's going to put a little dent in all of that. But listen, uh, you know, we saw last year what Forsberg was able to do. He was real comfortable. His numbers were really good. And on a team that, quite frankly, wasn't that good. The expectations are going to change. So that pressure helps. But I think when you go into a season, you're looking over your shoulder. Oh, my gosh, Talbot, after the year I had, what's this guy doing here? Not that they're not friendly. But now you can kind of eliminate that part of the competition and allow Forsberg to get settled into a spot where he should play a ton of games. He's got the, the body that can handle that. And so where it may be really concerning, um, you know, for most people, I'm not that worried about it. I think this is a guy that can carry the load here for the first, you know, six or seven weeks or whatever it is that Talbot's going to be out. Uh, and he proved that he could do that last year. So, yeah, they got Helberg in there, five NHL games over 100 years that he's been around, really good KHL numbers, played in the Olympics. So he's a nice insurance policy to have. But they got a couple of guys that I think have to really start making their way up from the minor leagues to be able to start to have an impact as a backup. It's not quite there yet, the Mad Sogards of the world, but it's coming for those guys. In the meantime, I think Forsberg should be able to handle this load without issue. Sammy, appreciate it, man. Great catching up with you. It means the hockey season is coming back. Look forward to our conversations all year long, bud. All right, thanks, guys. Take care. There is uh, Sammy Cosentino, NHL analyst, right here on Sportsnet. All right, we've got to take a quick break. When we come back, though, it is the best of the best and the worst of the worst from the past seven days, and it comes your way. 
next. It's the Tim and Friends Plays of the Week. Also, uh, talk baseball. There's a game. Maybe some football. Lots of stuff coming up. Welcome back to Tim and Friends. You gonna tell them what we spent the break talking about? Size of your feet. How, <laughs> how I'm short now? I think I'm shrinking. What you? Uh, that's the part of that that you got out of that. You you think you're actually shrinking? Yeah, I'm self-conscious about it. You're self-conscious about shrinking? Well, I just yeah, I just realized that yeah, I saw a picture from Butikana from from Coco Bongo. I was like, wow, I'm pretty short. Didn't realize that. So you actually think at the age of <clears throat> you're shrinking? You've said my age before. You don't have to I say just it. I don't anything. remember it. Yeah, it's possible. I'll have to ask the doctor. What are you, 30-something? 30 34. 30, uh, Whoa. I had to think there for a second. 34. That's tough. That is tough. You know right. what should be at in place of the friends, week? all doctors, let us know if it's possible to shrink at the age of 34. Sure, I, I don't do. think it is. Maybe it's just bad posture. All right. Time for the plays of the week. And Jesse, want to know what I look like? When we go 2-0 against the spread, what's that? Check out the dude in the front row. Actually, 3-0. Alish also. <laughs> yeah, we had, we had ourselves a week. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's good. Yeah, very nice. It's easy. I mean, you should be happy. That guy wasn't happy. Our guy Frankie Lasagna and Kyle Mulligan need to take a few lessons from McCovey Cove Dave. Yes. Smooth. Very smooth operator. All right, watch the Vikings fan. Live caption contest. What did the, Celt- the Saints fan say to get this reaction? Something... Not good. Probably shouldn't be repeated. Kirk Cousins is great. <laughs> I doubt it. Not according to a Rash Madani. Uh, Jamal, that's why the Vikings fan. Right. All right. Clearly, this is the most impressive play of the week. Patrick Mahomes spin move. He's playing with kids, right? He, like yeah, that's, he's, that's what it felt like. He's unbelievable. He's a walking highlight. It's kind of like the Steph Curry of football. From like, one great QB to another, Steph Curry of football. Yeah. Kind of. The way he's able to kind of like revolutionary, maneuver. yeah. Street ball. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm right. Well, this is street ball. Yes, yeah. Lamar's absolute unbelievable escapability as he shows there. Mark Andrews. Uh, still not the best of the week, though. How about Liberty's Javion Lofton? Oh, are you kidding me? Whoa, that's a standing up George Pickens. Boston. Yeah. At very least, it's OBJ-esque. OBJ-esque, yeah. Yeah, all right, this is uh, Windsor versus Michigan. Oh. Nick Ranowitz. Oh. That's how we're, we're back to hockey highlights, huh? Okay. That'll sleep you yeah. off your feet. You nice, know what I'm okay. To the Diamond, shout out Loyola Chicago sister Jean, 103 years young, throwing out the first pitch at the Cubs game. And of course, the internet does what the internet does with the 103-year-old throwing out the first pitch, and it's Javi Baez who gets killed. <laughs> 145 Ks on the year. We'll do that. That's so good. We gotta put Javi Baez on your first pitch. Uh, Harrison Bader. How about that? Yeah. Stretching out. Think he'll end up being a big pickup for the Yankees? No, I don't think so. No? Nah. This is just really good. Mitch Hanniger. Grounder. Look at Nick Allen. Are you kidding oh. me? What's nicer than Bad hop too! The the dive or the throw? Put it all together. That's beautiful. Put it all together. Annalise Battle, Mets tough look. This wasn't a great catch. This was just to prove that the Mets are giving it up. <laughs> I mean, it's a good catch. It's a good catch by Michael Harris. They had a 10 and a half game lead. Yeah. No. One Plus question about Cosmo the Cougar, the BYU mascot. Why the hell isn't he on the field? Like, look at the power. 
I honestly think it's it's very difficult to become a mascot. Like there's a high athletic bar there. Did you see how much the uh, the Nuggets mascot gets paid? No, I didn't. You, you know? It's ridiculous. It's like six hundred and seventy-five thousand dollars. What? Uh, you're taller than Lionel Messi, who had two great free kicks. This one against Jamaica. That was the first for Argentina, and then this PSG. Are you kidding That's me? That's disgusting. That is disgusting. Now if he can do it in the World Cup. All right, this is Temi Antonoglu, Toronto kid. What a crazy way to tie a game. MLS next pro playoffs, Columbus crew and TFC. A crazy goal for Antonoglu. And we all saw that weird Russell Wilson subway ad last week. It was so awkward, cringy. Well, the internet is back at it again, Jesse. Hey, you want to split this subway sandwich? It is my signature sandwich. It's called the Danger Witch. And it's dangerously good. Be careful though. It's spicy. Be careful, Be careful though. though. It's spicy. Be careful though. It's spicy. You ever done anything dangerous? Be careful though. <laughs> that is dangerous. I've done something like that too. What happened to Russell Wilson? Listen, one time? <laughs> Never mind. That's too dangerous. Anyways, my danger witch? It's only the ball. That's our little secret. That's our little secret. That's our little secret. Oh, man. He is getting beat up right now. The internet's pretty talented, eh? Yeah, it's pretty talented. Like, right. TikTok's pretty crazy. Yeah, Whoa, what's going on? Oh, look, at, look at Jesse. Why are you shrinking? Oh, oh it might, maybe you're right, Jesse. Maybe you are shrinking. Coming up, it's the Jays' final regular season series of the year. I mean, I, I don't know. I'm no, I'm no doctor, but I think you might be shrinking. How did it accelerate that quickly? <laughs> Rattled. Can they lock up home field with time to spare? How will they do in the wild card round? Did they celebrate too hard? All that more. That's going. Max from Baltimore. Somebody tweet at me with a solution. I think you're okay. Home of Extreme. WWE Extreme Rules. Sign into Sportsnet now with your cable provider or subscribe on snnow.ca. One last test. Let's go! That swing had some anger in it. The Blue Jays head to Baltimore for a final tune-up before the postseason. Oh, no, he did. Blue Jays, Orioles, tonight. Sportsnet. Introducing the all-new Infiniti QX60. Take on your wild world in style. Since 1902, we've put quality food on Canadian tables. Since 1902, we've been proudly here in Peterborough. Welcome to Quakerborough. What if we colored outside the lines? Transform the expected into the unexpected, into endless possibilities. Let our hearts lead instead of our heads, with colors flying in the face of tradition, free to awaken our senses. Then color would take on a whole new meaning. Beauty Tone, 
Rethink color. Only at home hardware and building centers. A new $5.99 King Meal deal is on at Burger King. Mix or match two sandwiches, Chicken Junior, Cheeseburger, or the new Angry Cheeseburger with spicy jalapenos and our famous Angry Sauce. A King Meal deal with fries and a drink for just $5.99 at Burger King. COVID-19 vaccines have helped protect us and helped us get back to the things we missed. Over time, that protection fades. Additional doses give you better protection against severe illness and potentially long-term complications. Let's continue to take action. Keep your COVID-19 vaccinations up to date. A message from the Government of Canada. Canadians have can-do spirit. So does GoDaddy. Need a sweet website template for your wedding planning business? Say, I do. Or add your vintage finds to your online store. Looking good. Say can do and start for free with GoDaddy today. This just in. Bet Rivers has selected Pat from Pickering. This is a great pick. Pat is a master of our new multi-game, same-game parlay, where you combine multiple same-game parlays in a single bet. That's right, Jerome. He recently bet the point spread, total points, and player props in multiple games for even more action. Amazing. Pat also loves fried chicken. Yep, he's a special talent. Bet Rivers Sportsbook app and football. It's a whole new game. Michelin is investing in plastic recycling to repurpose waste into tires starting in 2024. Michelin, motion for life. How do you describe an exclamation point? A thrill or something your eyes just can't believe. In Korean, that word is wa, and it's like wow, but more. Wa is the feeling you get on an adventure in the mountains. It's the roar of a crowd when the goal light flicks on, or seeing something you've never seen before. At Hyundai, wa is engineered into our vehicles and hardwired into our drivers. Wa looks to the future and has the guts to dream even further. Wa is a celebration, a victory, a smile, and a promise. Nobody does Wa like we do, because Wa is all we do. We make Wa. Bulls, Raptors, Sunday on Sportsnet 360. Time for real sports talk with Tim McAuliffe and friends of the show. I'm shrinking! People seem to think it's like kind of normal for <laughs> past 30. Uh, we asked a question about the Jays. Stephen wrote in, I'm more concerned about the incredible shrinking Jesse. <laughs> Back here, hour number two, Tim and friends, full hour on Sportsnet 360, which includes Timmy's top five. And our Monday afternoon quarterback, Rich Gannon, on week four in the NFL. Uh, to be fair, Jesse brings up one of these things like, 
once a month to me that something's going on with his body that he needs to be worried about. So if I seem like I might be a little bit dismissive of this one, it's just the 112th one that he's brought up. Since this one is not a high on the priority list, <laughs> okay. I will have to say. Half an hour to go on Sportsnet Blue Jays Central coming your way. Jays and Orioles also on its way after sweeping the Red Sox. Jays now in the driver's seat for home field in the AL wild card race. Magic number to clinch Home field for series number one is just two. Combo of Jays wins and Mariners losses. So the main goals for this series, lock it up and avoid injuries. Got it good and since you understood, Jays are locked into the one of the first two for sure. And their three potential playoff series are home to Seattle, at Seattle, or home to the Rays. The Rays hold the tiebreaker over Seattle, so keep that in mind as this week plays out. Mariners will host the Tigers for four games. Rays are in Boston for three, both those series starting tonight. Pitching matchup for Jays and Orioles looks like this. It is Jose Barrios against Dean Kramer. Barrios has struggled on the road this season. Remember, ERA is 675 on the road. Tomorrow, it's Mitch White against Mike Bauman. And on Wednesday, it is the old matchup of TBDs. Jays indicating Alec Manoa won't pitch this series, saving him for game one of the playoffs. Now, regardless of where it was, obviously, John Schneider, listen to us. <laughs> yeah. Us right. and Blue Jays Nation. Did anyone know call it Blue Jays Nation? I just said that. Blue Jays fan base. Jays lineup looks like this against Kramer. 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 I've heard it both ways. Doesn't really matter. <laughs> Doesn't really matter. Vladdy will DH tonight in the opener. Alejandro Kirk will catch and clean up. It doesn't matter. To his family, to his friends. Yeah. I should probably say that. Tasker Hernandez in right. Remo Tapia in left. Whit Merrifield plays again at second base. Kevin Biggio plays first and will bat ninth. Lourdes Gurriel Jr., who hasn't played since September 7th, was asked if he'll be ready for game one of the playoffs. Here's what he said. Since the beginning of the rehab, that was the, the mindset from the, all the trainers and myself, uh, just to be ready uh, for the playoff. And that's that's what the way it is right now. I mean, and fully, I'll be ready for for the for the first game of the playoff. One other baseball note: Tony Larusa will retire from managing due to his ongoing health issues. Now, Larusa stepped away from the White Sox in August with a heart issue and doctors advised him not to return this season. He ranks second all-time in manager wins. All right, let's get back to Camden Yards. Let's get back to the Jays and the Orioles as they begin a three-game series in Baltimore, presumably tonight, although the last time I had Arden Zwelling on from Camden Yards, actually, I'm not sure where it was from, but the last time we had him on the show, I asked him about the weather. He responded with, he's not a meteorologist, so I won't ask about the weather as I introduce Arden Zwelling. What's going on, Arden? I'm getting terrible deja vu. <laughs> yes. Terrible, terrible deja vu. Was it Camden Yards? I don't even know. It was, what, it was right here in this seat. And when I said <laughs> that to you, you said, you know, you could just turn around and tell me if it's raining. Yeah. And then I went like this and I said, you know what, Tim, it's raining. <laughs> so I think we actually brought out the Doppler radar too. I think we brought the Doppler radar into the mix, which uh, the Doppler. I don't know if you know this, but we did it earlier. So I won't ask you about the rain. We'll do that later. Uh, what's your checklist? We asked our audience what the checklist was for the final three games of the season. Like, what are your keys going into this series? 
Uh, health, availability, and uh, what's another word for health and availability? Like, <laughs> that's it. Don't get hurt, man. Do not get hurt. Look, the Blue Jays are going to the postseason regardless, and obviously there's still work to be done to guarantee that that series occurs at Rogers Center. That's what every Blue Jay wants. That's what every Blue Jays fan wants. Everybody wants that, and it's looking set up well for that to happen. Takes just one Blue Jays win and one Seattle Mariners loss, or two Blue Jays wins, or two Blue or two Mariners losses like it's a very clear path I just think the Blue Jays need to be very careful with how they manage player health this week especially with the conditions here in Baltimore you don't want anybody slipping and sliding in the outfield or on the base pass or on a base um, and you also want to be very careful with how you use your pitchers that's why you see the ultimate caution taken with Kevin Gosman in his outing the other day when he has an issue with his finger that typically he manages throughout the season and if it's a playoff game I mean Kevin Gosman is probably still pitching right now uh, but he comes out of that game when that crops up because you want him as fresh and as durable as possible for next weekend so that's the case with relievers and their usage I think that Matt Bushman Pete Walker need to be asking every reliever right now what do you need over these next three games what do you want what will put you in best possible position to succeed next weekend because that really is the goal and it seems like Gosman's finger is okay it is things that he's dealt with throughout the year I mean I think it was you that told me on the radio that he doesn't throw uh he doesn't throw that breaking stuff in his side sessions because that happens. He doesn't throw a splitter uh, in his bullpens when he does because, yeah, it creates a blister. Like, that is just a byproduct of that pitch and the amount of friction and force that is created with that right middle finger is when he throws the pitch, it creates a blister, it cracks his nail. He has all kinds of problems with it. He has a whole nail care and finger care routine that he goes through in between starts throughout the season. That includes lasering down his blisters, trying to get that skin hardened up, trying to get any kind of um, fluids that are in there out of there he'll have his blisters drained he'll use different types of adhesives on his nail to try to repair his nail which cracks when he throws the splitter like it's pretty gnarly stuff really but that's kind of the price he pays to throw that pitch and he's made a lot of money throwing that pitch so he's going to keep doing it but yeah things like this will happen for him and he will manage them throughout the year I do not expect it to impact his availability this coming weekend. Uh, Rubinoff has the same nail care uh, routine after the show too did you know that? Can't tell. Me? I did not know that. <laughs> you know, good. Okay. Well, you learn a new thing every day. I'm here to help. Uh, avoiding the chop seems like it's big. Um, does it matter who they get at home in your mind? Could still get the chop in the ALCS. Right. I mean, they might yeah. still go there. <laughs> Solid point. It's not completely off the board, right? Yeah. Um, at some point, you're going to have to beat some pretty good teams. The Blue Jays are locked into the Houston side. If I'm the Blue Jays, I'd rather go to the Trop and play the Rays than go play the Astros in Houston. That's yeah. one hell of a team. But look, it's the postseason. They're all good teams. You're going to have to beat good team so who's the preferable opponent between Seattle and the Rays I think it's honestly like it's a toss-up in a three-game series right like I don't know that it would really move the margins all that much I want to see a fun series honestly and I see the Blue Jays play the Rays all the damn time so I think it would be really interesting to see the Blue Jays and the Mariners because they're two young-ish with some veterans hanging around exciting teams athletic teams they have great starting pitching on both sides like could you imagine if we got a Gosman v Robbie Ray outing or you know if you have Alec Manoa versus Castillo I mean there's some great matchups and, and some really interesting arms coming out of both bullpens too so that's what I'm rooting for just for the sake of entertainment and interest. Uh, Alec Manoa will be the game one starter for the Toronto Blue Jays as John Schneider kind of sort of walks back earlier what he said if if perhaps uh, home field was 
uh, on the line in game 162, he would throw out Alec Manoa. Uh, I think it makes sense to have Manoa go in game one because he just came off what was maybe the best month of NEJ ever. Yeah, no kidding. And, you know, pitcher of the month across the league. And, I mean, the guy, I, I don't know how many times we have to see it where he goes out without his best stuff and his velocity's down. And, you know, the spin on the slider isn't quite, quite there. The snap on the pitch isn't there. The bite on the two-seamer isn't there. And he finds a way to get outs. He just kind of says, okay, I'm not going to strike out eight or nine guys today. I'm going to have to be contact management, Alec Manoa. And I'm going to have to be pitch efficiency, Alec Manoa, and get deep into this game. Alec Manoa. That's what's really been special about his season is because there's been probably a dozen times where he's taken the mound without his best stuff and he's still found a way to throw a quality start in like a six inning one or two run quality start. Um, it's really remarkable he's able to do that at such a young age and that he's able to really manage his gas tanks so that even if he comes out of the gate throwing 90-91 in the first inning he gets it up to 93-94 by the fifth or the sixth. But look, here's what I want from Alec Manoa next weekend. I want the contact management guy and the pitch efficiency guy Guy, but I also want the 95-96 guy. And I also want the nasty wipeout slider guy and the two-seamer with all kinds of bite and the change-up fading away from lefties. So that's what I want out of Alec Manoa. So that's why I think if I'm the Blue Jays, I'm telling them do everything you got to do this week to get ready for that start. Every minute in the cold tub, every minute on the trainer's table, every stretch, every arm care routine, nail all that stuff so you can be your best stuff, your best self next Friday. Okay, I'm not going to ask you about the weather, but are there any contingency plans being talked about at all if this game and or tomorrow's game gets rained out because we're on a tight schedule here? heard some different things. The The problem right now is these games are consequential, yeah. right? So if you get to a point where the Blue Jays can't move in the standings, I mean, there have been 161 game seasons before. That's happened. Like, they've just lopped off a game yep. from the end because it wasn't feasible to play it. It didn't make any difference to anybody if you played it other than, you know, arbitration cases somewhere down the line where someone has one less games played. So I, I, that's a possibility, but for that to happen, I mean, the, the magic number of two needs to go down to zero. And right now it's at two. So as long as these games are consequential, they're going to have to find a way to get these games played. So all eyes on what's going to be happening with the Mariners and the Tigers over the next 48 hours. I mean, it's crazy because if it was just one day of weather, you could try and figure it out. Maybe you get a double header in. Maybe you hope that Seattle loses two in a row. Then they don't mean anything and you can play one, maybe two. But there's supposed to be rain there tomorrow, too. So it's not as if they can just turn around and play a triple header on Wednesday. Like, there might have to be a bunch of different ideas on, on what happens here with three games left and a magic number at two. There is an off day on, on Thursday. Yeah. That's supposed to be a workout ahead of a wild card series. I don't know if you want to make a team go into the postseason play on Thursday ahead of a wild card yeah, series. Nightmare. I don't know if you even can do that. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think we're all being optimistic here that these games are going to get played, or they will become you know inconsequential based on what happens with the Mariners. We'll see. All right. Before I let you go, one of the hot topics of the weekend: people upset at the <laughs> in the Jays clubhouse. Once they clinched, do you care for the champagne celebrations and strobe lights? Yeah, it's fun to watch people have fun because sports are fun, right? <laughs> like, I don't know why we should 
rob the joy of it. I don't know why you should take away someone else's enjoyment of this. If someone wants to have fun, let them be fun. Just because you're not fun doesn't mean that <laughs> no one else can be fun, right? So I, I, I really don't understand it. Um, it's one thing, right? Like when you're around the team and you're around baseball and you understand what a grind it is and what these guys go through, like this started seven months ago, right? For, for these players and right. these coaches, all the support staff, all the people who you, whose names you don't know and who you never will know, right? Like there's that's as much for the staff behind the scenes as anything, right? Like, it's not just the players. It's everybody in the organization that is enjoying it and that is acknowledging this moment and, and toasting to it because it is an achievement because not every team goes to the postseason. There's plenty of players who go through their entire careers without going to the postseason. Ask Mike Trout if he'd like to go back, if he'd be pretty happy if he went back to the postseason at this point, right? David yeah. Phelps went in his rookie year, and now here he is at 36 going again. Right, it's it's rare, so you absolutely have to acknowledge it and you have to celebrate it. And uh, I don't know if you want to be a thief of joy, fine. But I, I like joy. I like fun. It's the kind of guy I am. Well, I will say it really, really hurt them the next day. I mean, they went out and won ten nothing. So obviously, <laughs> that's the thing too. Yeah. They're all like 24, 25, right? Like, yeah. do you remember a hangover when you're twenty four? You'd like you know, wake really. up a Gatorade yeah. and you're good. Right? <laughs> yeah. like, you can go out and perform and get the job done. Yeah. It's really not that hard. Advil, Tylenol, Gatorade, good to go. Let's start it all over again. Uh, Arden, always appreciate you joining us. And one of these days, uh, you and I are going to a meteorologist course. <laughs> We're going to figure this out. Sounds good, man. See you there. All right. There is uh, Arden Zwilling at Camden Yards in Baltimore ahead of the Jays and <laughs> Orioles, hopefully, because it could get really messy here. Yeah. I mean, very less than ideal. Correct. Yeah. Right like now. Whatever it is, like if, if Seattle wins tonight and somehow, I don't know if the Jays are, they're going to try their damnedest to get this in. But as you can see by the Dappler radar, uh, this is going to be hard to get in. Today. No reprieve there. No, and you don't want guys getting hurt, but you also need to get the game in. Like, there are a lot. There's one off day, and that's the one day before the playoffs start, which mm -hmm. wouldn't be fair to put a team out on the field for that game. So Major League Baseball is really in a pickle here when it comes to the Jays and the O's, and I think they're just praying that somehow they get this in. Mother Nature is not messing around anymore. No. She is not. Uh, time for a break. But when we come back, more Jays talk on the way. We'll get to some of your feedback. Plus, check in with Jamie and Joe ahead of Blue Jays Central. That's right, kids. At Tim and Friends, we got a couple of questions out there about the Jays. We'll read a few of those answers. And hear from Jamie and Joe next on Tim and Friends. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, we are counting down to Blue Jays Central, the Jays and Orioles on Sportsnet. Weather permitting, of course, Toronto's magic number to clinch home field advantage in the wild card to any combination of Jays wins, Mariners losses. Here's reliever Anthony Bass on securing that home field advantage. Guys are excited. You know, we get a, a chance to hopefully play in front of, uh, you know, our home crowd there in Toronto. That's what we want. So these three games here in Baltimore are very important, um, and we know that. But the, the energy is still the same like it has been since I've gotten here. Um, go out there, take care of uh, your job, whatever that is, um, and do your part, and uh, good things are going to happen. With their thoughts ahead of the series with the Orioles, let's send it over to Blue Jays. And listen, it, it always feels like home when Jamie and Joe join us. It's Jamie Campbell, Joe Zell. Oh. What's up, fellas? S well, speaking of home, wouldn't it be nice if Major League Baseball saw the forecast for Baltimore and said, let's do this. <laughs> 
Let's move this entire series to Toronto. Yes. Sell tickets. Goodness knows the Orioles would generate more revenue in Toronto <laughs> than they would in Baltimore right about now. Not right? sure the Mariners would like it, but... Too bad. <laughs> Let's get these games underway. So, if we do get a game tonight, Joe, we noticed this during the weekend series against the Boston Red Sox, that there are n- a number of players that are red hot at the plate right about now, and they're not the common names that you would expect, like Guerrero and Bo Bichette. Well, and that's good news. Again, that continues to show the depth of this Blue Jays lineup, one through nine, and it's not necessarily the household names every day. When, if they're sure when Teoscar Hernandez starts heating up, that's a wonderful thing, and, and expected Vladimir Guerrero Jr. has been a shell of himself, quite frankly. Sure, he's still putting up great numbers, but it's just not the same, so any contribution you can get. But how about Lyman Tapia? Does he just do something special Every time he sees the field behind the plate, they've got the best catching combo in all of Major League Baseball with Kirk and Jansen. I think we were going to see both catchers in the lineup when this wildcard series starts. One will be behind the dish. That's with Manoa pitching this Kirk and, of course, Jansen, the way he's swinging it. And then Whit Merrifield with the injury at Espinal. He has just taken this job and run with it. Remember the all-star Santiago Espinal earlier in the season? Well, Whit Merrifield has come on and done what we thought we would see from Whit Merrifield. Struggled to start the year in Kansas City, but what he has done now is solidified what will be, I think, the starting second baseman in that wildcard series. Tim and Jesse anticipating that we could be doing our sixth inning update around midnight Eastern. <laughs> we got the high octane caffeine going already. Mmm, this tastes so good, Joe. Back to you guys. Uh, without a doubt. And by the way, just just a quick note here, uh, because we're able to do our own broadcast for the playoffs. Uh, let me just throw one of these out. You boys and fucking uh, Tabby calling the games for the playoffs. That is unbelievable. We are. Uh Obviously, looking Real. forward to it. Let's just Real. ensure that Friday's game is at the Rogers Center and not somewhere else. Almost yeah. there. Yes. Almost there. Two <laughs> away. Thanks, boys. There is Jamie right. and Joe getting you set. They will be back on the air on Sportsnet in about seven minutes' time. But for those who don't know, uh, in the past, because of the agreements with Major League Baseball, uh, the American networks took over for the postseason. Mm-hmm. Uh, this year, that changes, and the Jays are able to control their own broadcast. Thus, we will be getting... Jamie and Joe to start, and then Buck and Tabby will take you the entire way as Dan Schulman works on ESPN, the radio. Oh, it's amazing. I mean, Twitter was lighting up with Blue Jays fans that are thrilled with that, obviously. Yeah, you know, you look back on the Harold Reynolds in uh, those days fondly. Uh, play with fire, you're going to get burned. Yes. Uh, Jose Bautista, home yeah. run. Yeah, but, you know, it'll be fun to watch the home broadcast because it's what we're all accustomed to, it, right? Because it feels like home, honestly, and 100%. I'm not trying to... You know, do the old callback here, but it does feel like home when you hear Buck Martinez's voice on a Jays broadcast. And I know that he's worked a few of those mm-hmm. on the international feeds, but to have Buck, Tabby, Jamie, and Joe, uh, I think that's big news for Jays fans. So you said uh, earlier in the show when we were talking about the potential checklist that's left here in the regular season before the postseason. Yeah, we started the show with what the Jays need to do in these final three games, that's provided exactly they right. play them to get them ready for the postseason. You heard Jamie say, wrap up home field. You said, wrap up home field and stay healthy. Uh, we did throw it out to the friends of the show, so let's get to a couple of those answers. What's left on the Jays checklist before the postseason starts? Um, oh my, what a start here. 
Thank you. Home field advantage, says Chris, because I have tickets. <laughs> <laughs> Makes sense. I got you. Yeah. Uh, Jay's fan complains how MLB social media is stupid. Says win games, win more games, games winning, successful wins in ball games, win Seattle losing, more W's and other stuff. All right. Uh, Adam says stay healthy and hot. Swayed and confused. Yeah. Apparently, they just need to keep swilling a beer or two and hacking darts. Stay loose. Home field. <laughs> I didn't see the hacking of the darts, but whatever. Yeah, no, I didn't, I didn't see that either. Uh, I did see one picture. I'm not going to say who it was. Uh, Ethan, figure out the back end of the rotation, which is interesting. I'm not sure how much you can do with that at this point with three games left, but we'll see Barrios tonight. Uh, Zachariah says Mitch White and Kikuchi to show how reliable. They are reliable bullpen arms. I don't know if you can do that over the last three games. Yeah, it's going to be tough. Uh, Tim Matheson says, bottom of the order, stay hot. That depth will be the difference maker. And just for context, Mm -hmm. uh, Sportsnet Stats tweeted this out uh, yesterday. Combined stats by 7, 8, and 9 hitters this season. And there you have it. The Blue Jays, 7, 8, and 9 hitters really getting it done in the American League. A top in a lot of categories there. So this is where I think I may have let, like seeing the Teoscar Hernandez two home runs, was a real good sign for me. Yes. And listen, it doesn't mean that he's going to go into the postseason and smash a bunch of home runs, but you want guys to feel good going into the postseason. I know it's a different pitcher. I know they're different teams. I know the one thing about the postseason that seems to catch everyone by surprise is you're playing good teams. Good teams have good pitching, and when you get to the postseason, a lot of times there are low-scoring games, and if they get out of hand, they get out of hand quickly. Mm -hmm. And so the Jays' batters might not do what they did in the regular season because they're facing that better pitching, but guys like Whit Merrifield, Teoscar Hernandez, outside the stars, Danny Jansen, those guys warming up, if they can stay warm, that could be the difference between a long run and two and done. No question. No question. But we've seen over the last number of years, too, in the postseason, that the, like everyone coming out of the pen is throwing triple digits, and that is just magnified in the postseason. Like right. All teams have great bullpens, and that's part of the reason why they got there. But that is something that just sticks out drastically. And you're going leverage, leverage, yeah. leverage. With all, If it's a close game, it's always leverage. Mm-hmm. So you're facing the best of the best. All right, we, we had that one engager yep. thrown out there. And then we went to another engaging question about the Jays' celebrations after we brought it up on the show. This one hit the spot with a lot of people. Oh, yeah? I don't know if that spot's good or bad. Uh, we'll have to look at the replies here. But uh, we did ask, are you okay with MLB teams partying after clinching a playoff spot as you see the Jays doing right there it was a pretty fun party Adam Rank friend of the show says it's a long season go ahead and enjoy it mm-hmm. but we can we just focus on the question for a second because you said and we said MLB teams not just the Jays because all MLB teams do it so it's not just like if People are ripping on this. It's about all Major League Baseball teams, not just the Jays. We know they won 10 nothing. I think you'll see. Some, I'll think what you'll see is that some people, I think, have an issue with celebrating wild card spots. But right. I'll let I'll let the people speak for themselves. So Adam Rank had that to say. Uh, Raton says, if anyone rips a team for partying after a playoff spot is a joke. It's a grueling long season. Let the boys celebrate. Jennifer, oh my God, let them celebrate. So many things going on over the last few years. You have to celebrate the wins yeah, the as you get them. The context is very important. Understatement of the century yeah. there. Yeah. Uh, Deb, celebrate, yes. Party like the Jays did. I don't like it very much. 
I'm a hockey fan first. Could you imagine a hockey team celebrating like that after making the playoffs? They don't even celebrate like that after winning their conference. Eight teams in each conference make the playoffs. More teams make the playoffs than don't. Elmer, not at all, makes just as much sense as a kindergarten graduation ceremony. (laughs) I love the Rob Middle, which is incredible because uh, Rob Middle on Twitter and taking a very middle-of-the-road approach here. Yes and no. I always was taught you celebrate when you win the big trophy, but now as I look back at my sports career, I wish we celebrated wins like this. Would have been more fun. Uh, Robin tweeted out a picture of the Yankees celebrating uh, literally one year ago to the day. And uh, absolutely not. There's nothing to celebrate about. Jay's clinching the wild card in 2022 is not something that's going to be remembered. Celebrate something that is worth being celebrated about. And then uh, not okay with that at all. And this is the last. I'm not okay with you asking ridiculous clickbait questions. Try harder. (laughs) (laughs) All right, fine. It's all over the map. What can I say? Time to send it to Blue Jays Central on Sportsnet. Jimmy and Joe standing by ahead of Blue Jays Central. Jays and Orioles, as mentioned a couple of different times. As for us, we'll continue on Sportsnet 360 with our NFL MVP, Rich Gannon, who helps us break down another wild week in the NFL. We're back on 360 Sportsnet, Blue Jays Central. Welcome back to Tim and Friends. It's always tough to condense an entire weekend in one segment of one show. So here's the Wikipedia version, week number four in the National Football League with a little thing we call, with tongue firmly planted in cheek, Timmy's Top 5. Timmy's Top 5 from the NFL this week. So you think it's already been an unusually wacky year. That's because it has been. With one game left in week four, we've had 49 games within one score in the fourth quarter this season. That's the most in league history. This week, that number was 14 within a score in the fourth. That ties an all-time record as well. Niners and Rams could break it tonight. Number two of Timmy's top five is the Detroit Lions. Detroit not only leads the NFL in offense and scoring offense, they just put up 45 without DeAndre Swift. I'm on Raw St. Brown and DJ Chark, and they lost to Geno Smith to fall to one and three on the season. That's so Lions. Number three from that so Lions to that so Ravens. Baltimore became the first team in eight years to lose multiple games at home when leading by 17 or more, and they did it in their first two games at home. The Bills scored 20 unanswered to beat Lamar and company 23-20. After the Finns did it in week two, the Bills' social media also unanswered as they hit with the That's So Raven tweet. The Bills complete the comeback and they knock off the Ravens 23-20. Number four, I may have underestimated them boys because I underestimated their defense. For the first time since 1973, the defense of the boys has not allowed 20 points in any of their first four games, and because of it, Cooper Rush just became the first Cowboys quarterback to win his first four starts. No way he takes Dak's job, right? How about them Cowboys? And finally, let's ride to a dangerous number five. Did you know that the Broncos gave up three players, five picks, two in the first round, in the second round and 245 million dollars for russell wilson and through four weeks wilson trails his replacement in seattle geno smith in just 
completions, completion percentage, passing yards, yards per attempt, touchdown passes, and quarterback rating. Oh, Russ. I, I think I have an alter ego. His name, his name's Mr. 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 Unlimited. Yeah. Oh, when did Russ turn into cringe? I have no idea, but I am here for it. All right, let's uh, break down our week four takeaways with our good friend and MVP, Rich Gannon, who joins sure. me now. What's going on, Rich? How are you? Tim, I'm doing great. Uh, really enjoyed a big win yesterday in Baltimore. Uh, I just, you know, you talked about the Buffalo Bills, a resilient group, uh, soggy conditions, but they found a way to get it done in the end. And then, of course, the head scratcher. John Harbaugh's decision to not kick the field goal at the end of the game, I thought, you know, analytics, all that nonsense, I think there was a huge, huge mistake on the part of John Harbaugh. All right, let's, let's dig in there because there are a lot of Bills fans in these parts. And one, uh, Jordan Poyer might be the best safety in the league, although we got a Canadian kid in Miami who's pretty damn good too. But uh, this was such an interesting game, and, and I mentioned this about the Ravens, um, they're, they've given up a, a lead of 17 or more at home twice this year. They've played two home games. Is it on Lamar Jackson to finish, or is it on Coach Harbaugh to finish? Well, I think it's on everybody. I, I think that the message was sent loud and clear to that locker room that the coach has no confidence in their defense's ability to go out and stop uh, the Buffalo Bills late in that game. I mean, I, you know, I just w – what other message is there to be sent? I mean – you know, Lamar Jackson played pretty well for most of the game. Didn't play as well in the second half. I thought the Bills really tightened up the defense in the second half. They didn't allow him to run wild and, and make big plays. And I thought they stopped the run better in the second half. But, you know, what can you say about the Buffalo Bills? I mean, I think they take on the personality and the, and the, and the character, really the demeanor of their head coach, uh, Sean McDermott. They're tough. They're gritty. Uh, they're finishers. You know, they, 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 they don't pay attention to the scoreboard. They just they play really well late in games when it matters the most. I think Josh Allen embodies that as well. I think you look at his performance yesterday. I love the team in rushing. I love the team in passing. My big concern, Tim, with the Bills is this. If Josh Allen doesn't play well, can the Bills win? Yeah. I mean, he is that dominant a player at the quarterback position. Very similar to what the, the Baltimore Ravens have with Lamar Jackson. If Lamar Jackson has an off day, the Ravens have no chance. Yeah, it, to me, so I was I was looking at this number earlier, and the Bills going into last week, um, or this week, depending on how you look at it, were the worst in the league at run block win rate at 62%. They, they just don't run the ball very well outside of Allen. And I'm going to ask a former MVP quarterback, are they asking too much of Josh Allen to do this? I know they've had some injuries, and I know they've been banged up, so they might get better, but they haven't given Cook a shot. And Singletary and Moss just don't seem good enough to me. Well, I think I think they've, I've, I've got to continue to, you know, work at the running game. I mean, it's going to be so important down the road, particularly when the weather starts to change uh, in November, December in Buffalo, and that they have to be able to run the football more effectively. And I and that and, and I'm not talking about Josh Allen because Tim, as you point out, he's a big part of the running game. What was encouraging to me yesterday, I thought. Josh did a better job protecting himself. I actually saw him slide once in that game. I think the message has come across loud and clear from the GM and from the head coach. Hey, listen, your best ability is your availability. We need you to play all 17 games. Stop running into linebackers and safeties. Be smart. Don't take the unnecessary hits. That's really, I thought, was progress yesterday when I watched Josh Allen play against that Baltimore defense. 
All right, the Eagles remain the only unbeaten team in the league. Just how good are the Philadelphia Eagles? They're the real deal. And the reason they're the real deal is they took a punch early against Jacksonville and they didn't flinch. And I think their ability to run the ball, Tim, is so important. They ran the ball 50 times yesterday against that Jacksonville defense for over 200 yards and four touchdowns. And when you can do that, we just talked about Buffalo's inability to do that. But when you can do that, you have a really good offensive line. You've got a quarterback that's making plays in and outside the pocket. It's not turning the ball over. And you've got a top five defense. you got a chance to do some damage in the NFC. All right. Uh, Chiefs go into Tampa, put 41 on the board against a real tough deal, though the turnovers did help a wee bit. Tom Brady and the Bucks are good. I know this, Rich. Are they great? Not yet. I think that, they're, you know, they're, they're, they're not healthy. I think when you look at the fact that, you know, the receivers simply haven't played together. I, I think there's a stat I saw today that the, that the top three receivers have played a total of 24 snaps together in four games. And that's making things difficult on Brady. Although Brady played well last night, he can't do it all himself. I guess I was surprised, Tim, by the play of the defense. Yeah. You know, the defense has been so steady in Tampa Bay. And last night, they just got worked by the Kansas City Chiefs. But the Chiefs do that to a lot of people. And here's the thing. Here's what bothers me about Patrick Mahomes. And let me be crystal clear. I played 17 years in the NFL. I was a league MVP. I was at the top of my game. And this guy bothers me because he makes it look so simple. And <laughs> it's really not. I mean, this guy is ridiculous. He makes plays that I wouldn't even think about making. He, 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 he attempts throws that most quarterbacks wouldn't even try because he has such confidence in his ability. I'll tell you what, there's – there's, I, he's just such a special player at that position. When he's playing well, the Chiefs are tough to beat. I, I honestly thought you were going to chirp Patrick Mahomes after that game. Because I'm like, I can't wait for this. And it's like, stop looking so good. Two minutes for looking so good, as we said to Maurice Richard up here one day, one year. Okay, so from Brady and Mahomes to uh, our guy Aaron Rodgers, who said this isn't sustainable after they, uh, they scraped through a game against uh, – Bailey Zappi and the New England Patriots. What did you make of what went on in Green Bay? I think it's a continuation of what we're seeing, right? A team that can run the football and plays pretty good defense, but is not all on the same page when it comes to the passing game. And that's right. bizarre when you consider that they have a Hall of Fame quarterback in Aaron Rodgers. There's nothing wrong with Aaron Rodgers. There's nothing wrong with Tom Brady. I just watched those quarterbacks throw the ball through the first four games of the season. What's wrong in there is the coordination and the communication and the, and the inexperience that surrounds them. And as, I, as we've talked in the past, it's very frustrating when you're a top-tier quarterback and you've got young players that you're trying to break in. And I can see the frustration from Tom Brady. You can see the frustration from Aaron Rodgers. They're not used to playing that way. They have to slow down to accommodate for the inexperience around them, and it's a problem right now in Green Bay. All right, the Giants are 3-1. and one. The Cowboys are 3-1. and one. Do you believe either one of them in the NFC East? I believe the Cowboys. I, I admire what's happening in New York with the Giants. Brian Dable deserves a lot of credit. Saqu I'm so happy for Saquon Barkley, Tim. He leads the National Football League in touches and yards from scrimmage. He's been dynamic. They don't have a great offensive line. The passing game is virtually non-existent, but he's having a, a comeback player of the year type of season so far. So I'm happy for him. But the Dallas Cowboys can play great defense. You know, they can run the ball at times. And this young quarterback... Uh, really has earned my respect. You know, they didn't even keep They cut him after training camp. It's amazing. And yet Cooper Rush has come in and won four straight games while Dak, while Dak Prescott 
uh, you know, recovers from that thumb injury. I, I think if, if they, they can keep this going another week or two and get Dak back, the Cowboys will be a tough out in the NFC East. But, but when Dak's back, he's your starter, right, Rich? No question. Yeah. No question. But look, the good thing the good thing about Cooper Rush, here's a guy that was a long shot, you know, just to have a long career in the NFL. Tim, he may play 10 years and make a boatload of money yeah. for Cooper Rush. There's nothing better for a backup quarterback than a couple of wins and then go back to the bench because then everyone wonders if you can do that sustainable. I wish I could still do it. (laughs) You're getting paid. All right, so uh, speaking of backup quarterbacks, Kenny Pickett, no longer a backup quarterback. Mike Tomlin, reluctant through the first four weeks of the season, turns to Pickett. Do you like the call? I do, and I think it was time. Look, they gave Mitchell Trubisky every opportunity. He was struggling. You know, they, they, it wasn't like he was turning the ball over a lot. It just they just couldn't make a first down. They couldn't they couldn't generate any explosive plays in the passing game. I think he was very conservative. I think he was trying to check the ball down and just get completions. They have to do something offensively. I think it's time for Kenny Pickett. You know, he came in yesterday, did some things okay, but he threw he got careless with the football. He has to learn the importance of ball security. But certainly, in my opinion. The Steelers have lost three in a row, and it's time to make a change. Uh, the issue I have, without T.J. Watt, they've now lost seven in a row. So they've got some issues on both sides of the ball, but I think it's time to find out what you've got in Kenny Pickett. Okay, so we just flashed up that schedule. I, I agree with you. In the start of the season, I said it's only a matter of time before Kenny Pickett takes over. Are you worried about at Bills versus the Bucks, at the Dolphins, and at Four good teams, three of them on the road. Man, that's a baptism by fire. Well, it's, a, it's brutal because not only do you have good teams with great quarterback play, but you've got teams that have good defenses. And I think this is going to be a real challenge for the young quarterback. But baptism by fire, I say, Tim. Throw them out there. Let's see what this young guy can do. I will say this. Uh, not one of his passes hit the ground in the NFL. No, I know. <laughs> that's because three of them were intercepted. You know, you know, I always say, Three things can happen when you throw the ball, and two of them aren't very good. Yeah. <laughs> you, know, you don't want an incompletion. You certainly don't want to throw it to the other team, but he's got to figure that out. He's got to figure out that throwing the ball once in a, once in a while, away once in a while is not a bad thing. I, I, but I didn't think that like two of them were tip drills, right? Like It no, wasn't as if they were on him completely, and the last one's a Hail Mary. Uh, either way, we're going to see what Kenny Pickett has because he's going to play four good teams to start for the Pittsburgh Steelers as he's named the starter. Uh, always great catching up with you, Rich. Thanks a lot for doing this. Tim, you're the best. See you, brother. Former NFL MVP and Delaware Blue Hen, our friend Rich Gannon right here on Tim and Friends. My friend Jesse Rubinoff will take the reins. Time for one last break. We'll get to our Monday tip of the cap. And Ruby's call. Last call. Next. Does last call bring up, like, bad things from Punta Cana? Or There's no real last call there. Absolutely not. Yeah, just kind of keep going. Yo, Mac, I don't even understand how they didn't understand you in that merry joint. Our Monday tip of the cap goes to Mac Hughes of Dundas, Ontario, who picked up his second career victory on Sunday in the PGA Tour, beating Seth Straka in a playoff at the Sanderson Farms Championship with the win. Hughes will be fully exempt on the PGA Tour 2025. Gets a spot in the Century Tournament of Champions, PGA Championship, and Masters next season. Also jumped 31 spots in the World Golf Rankings up to 51st and takes home a cool $1.42 million. Tip of the cap, Mackenzie Hughes. No doubt.
Very impressive. Very impressive. And, and got it done late with the flat stick, although that guy gets a lot done with the flat yeah, stick. He's an wins. unbelievable putter. Both wins in a playoff? Like, that's yeah. very Camel gutsy. Clutch. Yeah. Yes. Camel clutch. Yeah. Camel clutch. Little iron chic here. Uh, All right, let's, uh, let's be Camel Clutch with our last call. This is one of the craziest stories I've ever seen, frankly. Major controversy from the world of pro fishing this weekend. This is crazy. Chase Kaminsky and Jake Runyon were crowned champions of the Lake Erie Walleye Trail Tournament in Ohio yep. and were set to claim the first prize of close to $30,000, but chaos erupted after they were found to be cheating by stuffing their fish with weights. Everybody surprised they didn't get beat down like wh whoever walked up and said I don't want these guys to get beat up like nobody touched these guys did them a massive favor like have you seen some of this stuff like so they've won more than $300,000 during the run of victories in the Ohio area fishing tournaments over the past few years uh, a lot of people had suspected that they were cheating because when you pick up a fish you realize like, okay, that's a six pound, that's a seven pound, that's a nine pound, that's a 10 pound fish. Mm -hmm. And none of their fish looked like that. Not only were they stuffing in weights, they were stuffing in fillets so that the weights wouldn't make noise when they dropped the fish. Now, that dude's pretty fired up. They also won a boat that was worth $200,000. So that's like half a million dollars in winning on cheating. Like it's great. Like, don't you think like jail time or? That was gonna be my follow-up question. You you're heard what? someone there say they you're need to go to jail. jail. Yeah. It's fraud. But yeah. You're taking money out of people's pockets. And if it's a half a million dollars worth of fraud, I mean, I don't know if we're doing this to Barry Bonds and Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa, but <laughs> like I can understand why everyone was pissed off. Yeah. And what turned out to be me laughing when I first saw this on Saturday, like I was chuckling at my son's hockey practice at what I was watching. Then when you read deeper, it was like, holy you're crap. You're so bang on about yeah. that. Because it's like, fu it's funny at first. Like you're, you're like, wow, yeah. this is an entertaining. <laughs> it's like one of those videos that you see on Twitter, Instagram, you're like, wow, this is kind of, an, it seems like an interesting, entertaining story. And then you hear the $300,000 yeah. and the $200,000 boat. 
and you realize that they're literally taking money out of yeah, people's pockets. They're lucky pockets. they didn't get jumped. Yeah. Yeah, they're lucky. They, and never mind just the ego of someone who wants to win something. I say fraud. Yeah. yeah. Apparently, one of the guys locked himself in his car to avoid physical ramifications. Which, uh, yeah, I understand. Okay, the Is Raptors. There often fish beef? Never. N no. There's golf beef a lot these days, though. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah but uh, fish beef. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We'll have to ask a resident fishing expert. Uh, the Raptors are back in Toronto after opening their preseason schedule in Edmonton. Tastes like chicken. They beat the Jazz big in front of a sold out crowd at Rogers Place after 7,000 fans packed the Savon Food Center in Victoria for a training camp scrimmage on Friday. What were your takeaways from the Raptors' preseason debut? Uh, one, that there are cities outside of Toronto that enjoy the NBA. Please stop saying that. If you, if you don't know... Now you know. Yeah, now you know. Victoria, Edmonton, there are cities outside of Toronto. I know I keep hearing this. Ah, it's not that big outside of Toronto. Never mind. Stop saying it. Two, uh, they look good and precious. Looks like that glow up. I mean, is that the person that you were most excited about watching that game was Precious Achua and the way he played? Because it felt like to me, all right, Scotty's bigger. You know what he's going to be. Kind of ran away with the bench late, but... Precious might be the one. That might be the next glow up that the Raptors can really hang a hat on. It's both of those guys for me. Precious and, Precious. Precious and Scotty. Because I think Scotty is, what they're saying is that he's going to have the ball in his hands a lot more. Mm -hmm. And I think that opens up just a world of opportunities for what his stat line can look like and just the potential for him and what ceiling he could reach. Right. I think that's the most important part of the season is how many guys can take that extra step in OG and Anobis. One of them Very too. close. Uh, okay, staying with the NBA. Canada's Jamal Murray will make his long-awaited return tonight as the Nuggets host the Thunder. It's been 539 days since Murray played in an NBA game due to a torn ACL, and he's not the only player returning tonight. No. Kawhi Leonard will play in his first game in 476 days. Ben Simmons will play his first game wow. in 470 days. And Damian Lillard will play his first game in 276 days. Who are you most excited yeah, to see? That's a tough Murray, question. I'm, sorry, no, I'm Canadian. Yeah, fair, uh, enough. fair uh, enough. I am Canadian through and through. And Jamal Murray, and given the uh, the uh, proclivity to pro, uh, proclivities. His pride in playing for Canada, mm -hmm. that makes me really excited that if Jamal Murray can get healthy, never mind that Denver was kind of sort of pretty close, right? Like they were hovering in and around that elite in the Western Conference. If he's healthy, he can get back at it. Denver can compete and Canada can medal at the World Cup when they book in Edmonton where they'll play basketball. Wouldn't that be something? All right, one more story. Uh, Seahawks receiver DK Metcalf had a big game Sunday in Seattle's win over the Lions. But Metcalf gave Seahawks fans a scare in the fourth quarter. It scared me too, and I got the notification. Uh, he was seen being carted off the field. However, it wasn't because of an injury. It was because he needed to use the bathroom. Referring to Lamar Jackson, infamously leaving the field in 2020, Metcalf tweeted that clinch walk wouldn't have made it. Cut or uncut, getting a ride to the bathroom. If you have ever in your life had a clinch walk, and I think all of us on planet Earth, whether it be sickness or in health, have had a clinch walk. Yeah, of course. It's uncut. You know that. You understand it. 
and realized that there would be nothing more embarrassing than that. Yeah, of course. Of course. But everyone got the cart notification. Freaked out. All worked out. Hey, it did. A reminder of Blue Jay Central's on Sportsnet, followed by Jays in Baltimore if they get it in under the weather. Lid lifter of a three-game set to close out the season comes with the Jays' magic number to clinch at just two. Monday Night Raw's number is 360, as in Sportsnet 360, with hockey. Canucks at Oilers, Sportsnet 1, 9 Eastern, 7 Edmonton, 6 Vancouver, throwing some basketball and baseball on Sportsnet now. And we have got you covered. Talk to you tomorrow.